This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to On the Bench. I'm your host for this episode, Brendan Sinone. I am in a different atmosphere if you're watching this than usual. How does it look behind me, Zach? Very homey and cozy. You look like you're in the transfer portal. I wish I was in the transfer portal anywhere but where I'm at right now. No, actually, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. It's been a few days, though, and that's going to be kind of what we're discussing. The transfer portal, just emotional fallout of the last few days, and um, yeah. Players entering the transfer portal, threatening to enter the transfer portal, uh, targets for FSU. So, yeah, we're doing all that. I apologize if the audio is a little tinnier. I'm just, I'm sitting right now. I'm old. I don't feel like standing at my standing desk. So I'm in the kitchen. It's different. Wait, you stand for every podcast? Mm-hmm. Yep. I did not know that. Really? No, I swear. <laughs> yeah, I just stand for every podcast. It makes your voice a little more like broadness and uh, more engaging and I'm just going to be sl- slouched over. And I don't believe you. Okay. And also, this room's a mess right now, too. No way. This is really great audio. For How many years have we done this, and I didn't know that? Well, this has been in the last year. You've been to your house, too. Huh? But it's, I mean, it's a mess right now. It just looks like what a standing desk would be at the end of football season. But, yeah, this is me standing. I'm That's standing. crazy. So, all right. Well, let's just, I'll stand here now. You made me move. That's fine. <laughs> The B-Sone Hotel. It's supposed to be the Gibson Inn Hotel, but it's B-Sone, so it's an antique. All right, let's talk about Florida State football, Zachary. Uh, Before we do, Chattanooga Whiskey is our sponsor for this podcast. And man, oh man, uh, I said podcast, podcast, podcast in Boston. Uh, A lot of Chattanooga Whiskey has been needed for some of us the last few days. Hasn't been for celebratory causes. Drink responsibly, but if you are going to drink and drown your sorrows, no, in all seriousness, uh, Chattanooga Whiskey is an amazing bourbon and uh, and just whiskey distillery in general. They do fantastic work uh, with all sorts of uh, spirits. And it's the holiday season. It's really good for gift giving. It's a cool bottle. Here, I'm going to show you guys one. Got the bottled in bond right here. Almost done with this one. This is their 2000 and I think 
18 one. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's from a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, they do an amazing job with bourbon, with rye, with experimental batch stuff. We've had different people reach out and say they've gotten stuff for like holiday parties and for gifts and would employ you to do the same. Uh, Chattanooga Whiskey does an amazing job. Drink it for celebrating, not for drowning sorrows would be my advice. And, you know, Zach, maybe if you get some of these transfers coming up next you know, week or two and you finish off this recruiting class strong, you'll have reasons to be happy again. True that. Let's get into it. Uh, do we want to start with, you know, let's start off with just transfer portal stuff. So it opened on Monday. We're recording this here on Wednesday. And I think where I want to start, dude, is is quarterback. It's been a discussion point for the last few weeks for us. Um, not to toot my own horn, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, FSU uh, will probably pursue a transfer quarterback. This is something that I've kind of laid the groundwork for a few weeks ago. There was some pushback at the time. Uh, and I think at this point, it's pretty clear that FSU is exploring what a transfer quarterback would look like. Uh, the two names, Cameron Ward from Washington State and DJ Uangalale, getting better at it. Might be a name we have to learn how to pronounce quite often from Oregon State. So those are the two prospects. We've reported about that on Knowles 24-7. Not to say, Zach, that's like all it is, but um, but those are the, the main two. Fair? Yeah, I think those are the priorities right now. What do we think of both of them as prospects? I think we should probably talk about their respective games, their backgrounds, provide context to our listeners who maybe aren't super familiar with those guys because they, they both played in the West Coast. Well, one of them the last two years and another one the last year. Yeah, so Cam Ward is a prolific passer and he has some athleticism. Um, he doesn't really scramble all that much, but he, I've kind of – seen you know some of his game film over the past few days and his scrambling stuff reminds me a little bit of Jay Trav the fact that he can kind of escape pressure in the pocket um they use his running ability mostly near you know the red zone I mean I think he has eight rushing touchdowns this year but like not over he doesn't have over like 200 rushing yards so everything's you know within reason they're not using him like a Jaden Daniels where he's running you know on half of his <laughs> dropbacks uh I think uh I mean, the passing ability is is pretty awesome. Um, I think he has some of the same limitations that J-Trav has. I, I don't know that he throws the most accurate deep ball. I don't think the arm strength is you know crazy impressive, but he can make every throw. Um, I, I would push back on uh, not the accuracy part, but like I the think it's it. The, the 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 velocity, the torque that. But do you think he with? can push it down the field and be accurate in that? fashion no, i think that needs to get more consistent also like yeah. when, when like digging into some of the numbers but isn't like, that that's kind of like jtraf can make those throws but that's not a consistently efficient or effective throw for him you know man two years ago it was for him this past year it wasn't i think he was now that the season's over like probably dealing with some stuff that just he, he wasn't necessarily like fully healthy with some upper body arm stuff that made it you know where his ab had mentioned this before his, his motion looked a little different so um but with, as as regards to like to Cam Ward, like you know, his his best his best ball, like and you look at like a passer rating broken down is the deep ball. And they didn't have they had one good wide receiver there. They don't have like a dynamic like they didn't have a Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson outside. Um, and and him, you know, he he has the ability to push the ball downfield. Um, I don't know if it's uh, you know as accurate as you know an elite level consistently to your point, but like. I would push back on the velocity, and I think he throws a really nice ball over the middle of the field. I think that would open up things in FSU's offense if that were to pursue, um, or that pursuit would be able to continue. Um, yeah. 
on him, and then we'll talk talk about DJU. On this recruitment, I think it's going to be one where, you know, we've seen some transfer quarterbacks commit already. Um, was the Mississippi State kid committed to was it Washington? Uh, I don't think he's committed there yet. We saw the A&M uh, quarterback. Crystal Ball, maybe? Uh, yeah, he got Crystal Ball there. Max Johnson uh, committed to UNC. Yeah. Riley Leonard's Crystal Ball to Notre Dame. Will Rogers from Mississippi State's Crystal Ball to Washington. Washington, thank you. Um, so, so there's some activity already for quarterbacks is my yeah. point. For Cam Ward, I don't think we would see it really get going until next week. I think he has classes still on the West Coast schedule where he'd have to be finalizing. Uh, he's from Texas originally. He played uh, FCS ball at Incarnate World and was really fun there. Uh, but as you would imagine, like a really high-end Power 5 quarterback, now Power 4, uh, was balling at the FCS level. But he'll, he'll be going back home. And then I think he starts kind of fleshing out his options. Uh, I, I think some of our national folks are here. And, yes, Florida State is very much in the mix there. We can confirm that. Uh, but some other names to monitor. You know, Miami would be one. Um to Ohio State. Uh, for we, there's – you know, it's also like with the quarterback market, there's all sorts of agents involved and there's more noise than that. And I think than most other positions do, yeah. but like a um, lot of those agents like to, you know, put schools out there, I think to mm -hmm. try and garner more interest from, from other schools. So it's yeah. a very agenty thing to do. Yes. Um, but yeah, that'll be interesting. I think Miami is a name that would like take inventory of and an, an FSU, yeah, yeah. If, it, if it did brew to be an FSU Miami uh, battle for a transfer quarterback, that would be fun to see that play out. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Someone like drilling something. It's not like a dog like coughing in your house, but like no, there's literally I think there's someone like drilling something next door. Yeah. All right. Um, I was gonna make a Miami quarterback development joke, but we can move along to DJ Uangalale. Ah, damn it. I, I'm getting better at it, but it's still not Uangalale. Uangalale. I'm working on it. Like no, it is that I want to be Uwe. good at. Uangalale. Uangalale. There you go. Uangalale. All right, DJ Uangalale. Mm. Uh, is another prospect. We've mentioned him for a little while. Like as soon as he entered the portal, that was a uh, yes, like pay attention to this name. Louisville was long associated with him. They just got their quarterback, that kid from Texas Tech. Um, so I don't know who else is in that market. I think, Zach, that it's a Cam Ward 1A, DJU 1B type of deal, then a bit of a drop off. Um, but anyways, the FSU seems to have interest. I think there's mutual interest. Who's more interested in whom? Uh, is something to kind of flesh out and see the next few days here. But uh, the DJU game, have you watched him? Because uh, initially you were kind of like, nah, I don't know about it. But then yeah. you watched Morgan State film and it changed changed your tune a little bit. He's just a winner. Um, he wins a lot of games. Like he's won, you know, for as much as people want to say that he struggled at Clemson, he won a ton of games at Clemson and he continued that success at Oregon State with that impressive staff. I wouldn't call him like a game changer at quarterback, but he's also not as bad as maybe FSU fans might think he is after watching him at Clemson a few years ago. Um, yeah, that might be a, it, quarterback might be a Clemson problem at this point, yeah, given, I think given it, which is amazing given where it was, you know, four or five years ago. Exactly. Um, I think what's funny is like one of DJ's best games at Clemson was against Florida state in 2022. Um, yeah, he played out of his mind. He played. Yeah. yeah he, played he was, he was making like NFL throws consistently in that game. So I think if that game tells you anything, like he's a legit, like good college quarterback. He has NFL traits. He's six foot five, over two hundred and fifty pounds. He can run the ball. He's two fifty. No, I believe he's two fifty. Am I wrong on that? I'm looking it up. Uh, there's, hang on, this is a great podcast. Yeah, two hundred and fifty-one pounds. 
Oh boy, that's I knew he's big. I knew yeah. he was. I knew he and was. He, and he can a run the ball too. CC thick, but I didn't know it was two fifty. Is that what <laughs> he the kids can run are the ball saying? Too. Right? Yeah, he. Yeah, so like I, I just he's got some impressive stuff um, throwing the football. He is a running threat. Obviously, not a speedster at that size, but he's a physical running threat. Um, and he's just you know uh, he'd be a leader, right? Like he's a guy that's played a ton of football at the college level. A guy that has been in big time moments, um, you know, all across the country at Clemson and Oregon State. And I think Florida State makes a lot of sense. Uh, they have some connections to people around him, um, you know, on the FSU coaching staff. And he could come back to the Southeast, play Clemson, um, and what would be a crazy storyline uh, heading into next year. I thought Oregon State's offense is a lot of fun to watch too. Yeah, like Coach Smith, what he did over there, it's cool. Um, their rushing, their rushing attack is lethal. Yeah, it's that, that zone blocking. Yeah. Like it, it feels. Well, I don't know enough about it to say like it, it's Shanahan esque, but I think there's a lot of those like stretch plays and then play action and misdirection off of it, and, and that worked very well for DJU and his skill set. He can push the ball downfield. He's mobile. Um, yeah, the accuracy. I think kind of like with watching the the throw in motion. We'll love to get like AB and Kev's thoughts on this, but like the throwing motion, I feel like it kind of is a big windup. So it leads to like some inconsistency with ball placement sometimes, but like he, he is, he was a top 25 quarterback in both QBR and PFF. I may have mentioned that last week, but like PFF grade people with great stuff for a living good. And then ESPN uh, it's QBR, which, you know, not all ESPN metrics are uh are necessarily fun to, to talk about right now, but QBR is usually a good indicator of efficiency throughout the course of a season. And that's done obviously through like computer stuff. So uh, eye test and analytics both kind of combined to say like he was a top 25 quarterback this year, probably even better than that, like probably a top 15 or so. So that would, both of those guys would be able to help you out immediately. And I think shore up a spot where um, it was a talking point, obviously for the last week. It became a national talking point, unfortunately, for Florida State, but uh, a position group that I think has some unknowns, fair to say, going into 2024. Yeah, There's a reason why you're looking at quarterback for it's, the upcoming season. It's funny, when we first brought this up, I don't think either of us thought that we would get a chance to see both Tate, Rodmaker, and Brock Lennon full game action um, yeah. you know, to finish out the season. We obviously get that data point. So does the Florida State staff. I think that's important to consider here. I get to see how both of those guys performed. And, you know, this isn't to say that either of those guys' career at Florida State is just over, right? Like that's, I, I think the FSU staff, especially with Brock Lennon, feels pretty good about his future. I think they would have liked to not play him in the his first ever start in an ACC championship game against a pretty good Louisville defense. A, a, an elite pass rush. They're top five yeah. naturally going to the game and pressure rate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. If they could have avoided that, they they would have but he was considered the best option to put in that game after you know tate's concussion and uh yeah i mean we'll kind of see what the future uh has for for brock glenn i still think that fsu believes in him um but yeah i mean i think this makes a lot of sense we've both been saying it brendan i i brought it up on the national 24 7 sports you know recruiting show a couple weeks ago probably a month ago now um just saying that it would make sense for Florida State to get that one-year stopgap. And, you know, we've seen FSU's name been mentioned for a guy like Dante Moore out of uh, UCLA. Mm -hmm. He entered the transfer portal. He's a, you know, true freshman, so he'd have three or four years or whatever 
left um, of eligibility. And I don't think that makes a whole lot of sense for Florida State. I don't, I don't think FSU would pursue an option like that. Um, we believe that the, you know, main focus for them is, is an experienced veteran guy that has, you know, one year and, and, you know, that would, that would kind of be it before you move to an option like Brock Glenn or incoming true freshman uh, Luke Romanoff. Yeah, I agree. That that's well said. So so let's move on. So that's the main thing at the quarterback board. Uh, last note on that: those are again one A, one B, and I guess you can make an argument for which order it is. I, I tend to think Cam Ward's probably a little bit more valuable, um, but also it's going to depend on like the NIL opportunities are, what the market dictates, uh, that kind of stuff. So um, I do think you start. I do think that FSU is also vetting other quarterbacks to see, and at a certain point, like okay, is it. You know, is this person going to be better than what Tate Rotomaker could be, you know, with a full off season of, of building around or, or what Brock Glenn could do? Yeah. So th- there will be a cutoff point to it to where you don't necessarily have to take a transfer quarterback. Yeah. The, the conversation was always if it's someone who can upgrade your room in a one year window. And that's kind of where as we're vetting names and trying to make figure out who makes sense. Like that's what what we're looking for. Um Quarterback, though, not the only position in the transfer portal that FSU is looking at. We've mentioned this for a long time, too, Zach, that defensive end we expected to be uh, to be a pretty sizable need for FSU. Let's talk real quick about the Patrick Payton news. I think being able to talk about that and then talk about what's happening with defensive end recruiting the transfer portal need to kind of be linked together to some extent. So uh, on Tuesday evening, Patrick Payton put out a tweet. I don't have it right in front of me. Not good producing on my end. Sorry, guys. Really, really busy. But basically said that he was planning to enter the transfer portal. That is the paraphrase there. Um, So that is a guy who is an all ACC defensive rookie of the year two years ago uh, and then was very good this year. Ascended, got better. A great running mate and complimentary piece to Jared Verse. And uh, and someone you kind of have plans of building your defensive line around next year with what you're going to lose with Fabian Love at Braden Fisk first. Yeah. Um, so this is significant, right? And um, we put on Knowles 24-7 yesterday evening. Some inside information, I would direct you to that. People are talking about all on, on social media right now. So I guess it's out there at, at this point uh, that Patrick Payton won a lot of NIL opportunities. He wanted a lot of money to be retained and play for Florida State again. Um, and he's deserving of you know, a raise and of probably playing, like, or getting, you know, his play has spoke to having his market increase. But I think that the disconnect there is that, as far as we can tell, and from reporting we can do, the asking price is in the range, if not more than what, yeah, about what Jared Verse was making this past season. And... Jared Verse was an all ACC defensive end. Uh, he was someone that probably would have been a day one, if not an early day two pick, if he'd gone to the NFL draft. And while Pat Payton is extremely valuable and getting progressively better, he's not there yet at this point in his career. So you'd be paying for uh, an expectation to get somewhere rather than also kind of paying for what you already had. And also, like with Jared, like he was a borderline household name too. So when we talk about NIL opportunities and marketing opportunities, like he was a a Powerade commercial <laughs> spokesperson, you know what I mean? So it's just not an, an apples to apples thing, Zach. And, and then finally, like for extra context for that, and you can fill in the blanks for me here, Max, you're yeah, uh, obviously well uh, versed in this situation as well. Uh, Joshua Farmer also kind of gets in on the mix and starts quoting, quote, tweeting Patrick Payton. And it was going to be the first time Joshua Farmer has played this game 
at last time it happened, it led to him returning to Florida State kind of hat in hand after entering the transfer portal and didn't have the market that he thought he had. Uh, be interesting to see what what happens in the next few days. Daryl Jackson uh, is someone who you know, our eyes on as well, because usually when when Josh does something, Daryl does too, or vice versa. I don't know for a fact that he would be following suit here, but it's worth monitoring. So um, that's what's happening. That's what we're measuring right now. Anything else to add to that, that uh, 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 Zach? Um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, the Daryl Jackson thing would be wild if he decided to leave because I, I don't think he'd be eligible um, this coming season to play if he transferred again. So I don't I don't know if I think that he's going to do that, um, but you never know with these guys. I mean, we saw the whole drama with him last offseason in January and then again uh, after spring ball where, you know, Farmer was literally going through the same thing as Pat Payton asking for money um which would be you know at the time you know way way more than you know probably what his market value was he enters the portal realizes hey like this is not what i thought it was going to be comes back and you know you know returns to fsu after you know only being in the portal for less than a day so yeah i mean we'll see we've seen this unfold with these same individuals on florida state's roster before we'll see kind of what happens with it um i know the florida state staff is on the recruiting trail right now um but i wouldn't be surprised if you know some of them return to try and deal with this because this is obviously super important towards the future of florida state's program pat payton i mean is arguably fsu's top returning player on the roster um if you think if you think about it holistically like especially because of what position he plays that's the most yeah. yeah it's almost you know that and left tackle are probably or offensive tackle are probably the most premium positions you can find in the portal. Um, and he'd probably be the number one option in the portal. And I don't know I, if you can find someone that's better than him right now. I'm going, and I agree with the, like his, his upside. He, he would probably ascend to be the number one defensive end in the transfer portal if he entered it. Yeah. Um, also kind of like what we discussed with the quarterbacks as your Wayne Cam Ward and, and DJU and, and all this can be relative to like what's become essentially college football free agency. Like, um, you have NIL opportunities in mind on your, you know, for your entirety of your roster. And then you decide how to divvy that up. And you're trying to build, you talk about holistic, a roster, yeah. uh, you hit a certain point to where it doesn't make sense for you anymore. Absolutely. And, I, and yeah. I think, so I think there's like, I understand fan angst. That's just like, you know, why can't we find a way to retain this guy? Um, I think if you're looking at navigating personalities, uh, being, responsible with how you're spending your your nil retention stuff like man like if you have multiple guys going to you want to be paid what jared verse was paid last year and they don't have jared versus production to their name i guess what what is that something that you think like a shrewdly organized nfl team would do would they just you no, know I, i'm not like i don't think that's like florida state is making the right move here and the collective in general, like battles and it's making the right move in that. I do not think that paying that kind of money makes sense for them as they look to build this roster up holistically. Right. So obviously that's a premium position. You're probably not going to find a player in the portal. That's as talented as him, maybe mm -hmm. close, but I mean, it's just, it's hard to find, man. Um, a lot of these guys are, are, you know, more veteran types and, you know, we'll see. I just, 
yeah I, but but like so i i know so so i think what like the the point that i wanted to kind of address was like you mentioned fsu coaches potentially coming off the road to deal with this you might know something i don't know my thought is that fsu is generally at peace with what's going to happen or might happen like i don't this isn't a thing that just happened overnight. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is accumulation of days. And and if he's, if Patrick Payton wants to go ahead, I hate pocket watching like a, like a 20 year old too. Like it, it just, it, but it's what's happening when you talk about it for this football program, because we cover the football program. It is what's happening. Um, I think FSU is ultimately at peace with any decision that he makes at this point. Yeah. I mean, personally, I think, yeah. I think you should try because like there's a, the NIL standpoint, I don't think it's worth, trying to negotiate with someone that, that thinks that that's how much money that they deserve. Like probably Ingram, close to that. Ingram Smith came on or, or he, I mean, he, he went on to X or Twitter or whatever yesterday and respond to someone and said, we're not going to negotiate over social media. Yeah. Like, exactly. they are, they it's, are, it's not in their best interest to do that. So I, I'm not that, but like you can also have real conversations with the kid, the coaching staff, they, again, the guys have that have been that. around him. Yeah, no, I know that, but yeah. like, it for him to take that to Twitter, you know, he's obviously looking for some sort of attention in that in that aspect. Yeah. Right? Sure, it, it's an to me, it would be looked at as a way for him to try to negotiate and gain leverage. Maybe yes. he's not looking at it directly that way. Um, you know, I didn't see it, so I can't say. Apparently, his mom went on Facebook and said it's not about money, and then deleted it. I didn't see it. I don't know. People have messaged me that, um, so it might be irresponsible for me to say. But like, ultimately, I think this is about. Yeah, but like he says in his tweet, I'm sorry, Noel Nation, I plan to enter the portal. And he said earlier in the day, I can't believe this is going to happen. So to me, it's like, who knows if this is a done deal that he's leaving? But yeah, you're right, Brennan. Like, I think if this is the mindset that he's leaving with, Florida State's at peace. But I think you got to try to like, I know you said that they've they've tried everything that they can with this kid, but. I mean, he's not officially in the portal yet as we're recording this. Maybe yeah, by the time you're listening, he is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's an extremely important piece to next year. Mm-hmm. And and Josh Farmer is, too. Oh, absolutely. The like, entire the, That entire D-line group is is probably your starting D-line next year besides, you know, one missing edge position. So, mm-hmm. like, yes, it's extremely important that you retain those players, in my opinion. But if, if that's the kind of mindset that they're working with, then – you cannot combat that. That is not healthy towards building a football program. Well, and, and that that yes, beautifully says that because I think that's then like oh, that, if this works for those guys, and yeah. then, then who does the same? What kind thing? of precedent do you set for the rest of your that roster? Is, right, it is not as for the is fans. Any, it's just like throw whatever you have to have to keep them. Okay, cool. Like keep battle, keep updating your your funds to battles and keep updating it then because yeah. that's what's going to be need to keep building a championship caliber roster, which this currently is. Uh, even if ESPN, I'm still bitter. Uh, yeah. Oof, oof, no, we're not going to go down that road right now. I got a, I got a buyer Sinone for you. Oh, great. Who's it sponsored by? The Turner Group. The Turner Group. If you want to, hey, Trey Roland saying, if you just want to get out of this country right now and go ahead and buy a, buy a home somewhere like in, uh, in the Virgin Islands or something like that, like Colin Turner can probably help you out with that. So Colin, Amy, Becky, everyone at the Turner Group does a fantastic job uh, with the home buying process. My man Colin is just absolutely wrecked from the last few days. Totally understandable. Last few days have sucked. Last night was not a lot of fun for him either. But you know what is fun? Playing by Orsonone. That's how we're going to cope with this. By Orsonone, Zach. Patrick Payton plays for FSU next season. 
<laughs> As we're recording this at 9.30 yeah. a.m. on a Wednesday morning. You go first. Oh, okay. That's a pie for me. How come? I think generally uh, you can follow precedent to kind of follow what, what's happened before, to project what's going to happen before. I've been wrong just assuming that what's happened before will happen again, right? Like that's not 100%. We just saw that this past weekend. Um, but in general, like you mentioned, this isn't the first time that Josh Farmer has done stuff publicly. Uh, this is not the first time that Pat Payton has been looking to maybe leave the program um, based on thinking to get more elsewhere. And both have returned and played for Florida State. So um, I think this is a really emotional time for players, understandably so. Like they got hosed. They had a goal that they set out. They worked extremely hard for it. They did everything that they were promised or everything that they had to do with the goal in mind and was promised. If you did these things, you would get that and have a chance to achieve it. That got ripped away from them. They're now like it is a few days afterwards after the snub and i think players are still processing it coaches to your point earlier zach are on the road and there's this like yes fsu is working diligently to try to help players process this um, but you're also not there in person to do it and so there's no football practice there's just idle hands type of deal so i say all this to say there's a lot of emotions happening right now we will see if patrick payton enters the transfer portal that hasn't happened yet there's still a chance that you can retain him too. Like there's still multiple snap steps to be had. Uh, and we will see if like Pat is doing something that is just totally in his best interest of financially finding something that he thinks is, is valuous or if it's potentially emotional uh, if it's maybe a combination of, of things happening. I don't know. Uh, but, but right now I'm not convinced that he, he leaves the program, I guess is where I'm at with it. So I'll, I'll buy until, uh, I see him enter the portal and start taking visits elsewhere. I guess also known um, just for the reason that because he's going to be such a, a huge priority for a ton of schools at a big position of need for pretty much anyone in the country, I think he's going to garner some real NIL interest from some big time programs. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's going to be as much as you know what he was asking from Florida State. But if it is in that ballpark, I mean, that could be a reason. You know, maybe some schools are planning some ideas in his head that, hey, if you enter the portal, you'll you'll get this much amount of money if you if you consider us. So I, I guess also known just for, okay. just for that reason. I think we're in coin flip territory yeah. uh, for transparency, but like you know, we we will see. And final point on this topic as we move to the transfer defensive end board, uh, I I. I have to say like this roster is better with Patrick Payton on it. Like I'm not advocating for him to, to leave or for FSU to be like, all right, you know, go. But like at a certain point you're, you're building an entire roster and you're trying to sustain it with a lot of moving parts. So in an ideal world, you keep Patrick Payton, all things being equal, you keep Patrick Payton, but not all things are equal. Like there are, there are ramifications to weigh. Uh, if if you give him what he wants. So defensive end recruiting, uh, it was expected to be a position of need for FSU, Zach. Uh, safely now is an, an FSU, I think, uh, not 
this helped this report that we put out yesterday. And, and it's funny, we were building, we had this information before we knew for sure that something was happening with, with Pat. And it's like, oh, then it all made sense. They were recruiting multiple defensive ends in the transfer portal uh, and probably casting a wider net than maybe even we anticipated with that being a pretty robust uh, position for them anyways. So uh, let's talk about what FSU is doing at transfer uh, defensive end positions. Uh, you have the name of a few guys. I have the name of a few. But, but go ahead. Let's just let's empty the clip and talk about who they're recruiting that we know of right now. Yeah, well, I think the first name that kind of emerged was Samuel Okunlola out of Pittsburgh. He has played two years at Pitt. Um, he's actually the older brother of Miami offensive tackle signee, a true freshman, Samson Okunlola. He entered the portal on Monday and Florida State immediately expressed interest. He tweeted that FSU had offered him a scholarship that night. FSU has been in contact a ton with Samuel Okunlola over the past few days. He is clearly a top priority for them at defensive end. I think that they're working on trying to set up a visit with him um, to, to get to Tallahassee at some point um, in the near future. We'll see kind of what unfolds with that. There's some big time programs that are after him. Uh, you know, I would ex expect Miami to be interested. Uh, Washington is offered Missouri, a few other schools. He did, did you mention? Sorry, I had to leave to get water. Did you mentioned the Miami connection with him. Yes, I oh. did. Yeah, um, and yeah, he's he's a guy that I think FSU is going to fully pursue and try to land. We'll kind of see how his recruitment unfolds over the next couple of weeks. If he takes multiple visits, when that FSU visit takes place um, is going to be important. And then the next guy I'll mention um, before we get to Brendan, Nate Clifton. He's a Vanderbilt defensive end, a team captain this past year for them. He's been a three-year starter at Vandy. He's a better run defender than a pass rusher. He had 30 tackles and five and a half sacks this past year and an interception. He had a 67.4 defensive grade per PFF. He is a low four-star prospect in the transfer portal rankings with a 90 grade. He's a number 32 overall player and the number three defensive lineman in the portal right now. FSU went and saw him in person uh, on Tuesday in the morning. Uh, defensive coordinator Adam Fuller was there. Uh, and so, yeah, he had, he had a bunch of uh, schools come and visit him. Notre Dame was at his home on Monday night. Washington, a coach from Washington, was at a uh, meeting with him directly after his meeting with Adam Fuller Tuesday morning. And he is going to take some visits. I expect him to be at Washington this weekend for an OB. I think he could take one to two midweek official visits next week to possibly Auburn and Notre Dame. And then he told me the Florida State official visit is likely for that final weekend of December 15th through the 17th. So we'll be monitoring kind of where he gets on campus. But it seems like FSU has some legitimate interest in the three-year starter, the six foot five, 280-pounder out of Vanderbilt. So those are two of the names. Uh, two other ones uh, are going to be some ACC names that might be familiar to you. Uh, probably R.J. Oban, defensive end at Duke. Uh, he was pretty productive this year for a really good defensive line for the Blue Devils. He had 27 quarterback pressures on the season. A much better pass rush player than a run defense player for PFF. 58.2 uh, run defense, 73.2 pass rush, which I'm about below average and, and above average. Uh, against Florida State, he had four quarterback pressures. So 
uh, someone who the staff you know, scouted previously, has seen in person, see what he can do. And uh, he's got some really good physical tools. Like he's 6'4", 260, well-built, looks the part. He's going to graduate. I'm saying words really weird today, Zach. I don't know what's happening. You're emotional. I am emotional and sleep deprived and just getting a ton of information pounded into my brain at any given time. So, um, kids show. Um, so RJ Oban is a Duke graduate. I believe his dad has ties to like NFL, like, like works in the NFL somewhere in yeah, the scouting department or something. or something like that. So, yeah. so point being, he's got a really good degree from Duke. Uh, this is an NFL decision for him. This is a decision that he wants to go to a school that will very likely like pave the path to him getting drafted because he has, yeah. he has NFL tools and it's just about harnessing it and putting it together, being in the late, an elite strength and conditioning program, the schools that we've heard uh, in addition to Florida state with him, Notre Dame and Penn state. So like good programs, uh, FSU has a really good track record of developing uh, transfer portal defensive ends the last couple of years. So yeah, a, a selling point. I, I imagine this is more me connecting dots. I think he might ascend up the board. I don't have an idea of like who's number one on the board or whatever right now, a defensive end. I think just connecting dots, him being a veteran, him coming from a good program, him having a dad who knows the game and like has some baseline level of maturity, you would assume with that. Like, I think he becomes a, a valuable you know, uh, asset for you in, in the transfer board. You go after him. Yeah, his dad's name is Roman Oben. He played at Louisville and was uh, on the New York Giants. Well, he was an offensive lineman, I think. Uh, played for a really long yeah. time. Tackle. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I, God, I'm getting old. I remember that name. Um, the other name uh, at defensive end that we can confirm right now, and I think there's a couple others that, that we haven't been able to, to pinpoint just yet, but I think we're going to idea of like the net that's being cast, who they're interested in, guys who might be candidates to visit earlier. Uh, if if the recruitment goes in that direction, that's Kyle Kennard from Georgia Tech. Really, really premium like size. He's six foot five, two hundred forty pounds, so a nice frame with length. Uh, some pass rush skills, obviously, like are, are there. He's got twenty one quarterback pressures. Uh, good pass rush grade per PFF, seventy three point five. Good run defense grade too at seventy one point two. Um, I think he dealt with an injury in the middle of the season. Looks like his role got diminished a little bit and didn't play as many snaps. Came off the bench, uh, so he ended up like having some of his season that got, it's funny, if you look at the PFF grids, you could sometimes see trends in the way the colors are, are presented and a lot of, of average to good grades earlier in the year, below grades for a three-game stretch in which he he came off the bench in the middle of the season and then some really good grades at the end of the year. So, you know, that's a guy who, if healthy, uh, has, again, good size, good frame, someone who would potentially help you out. So those are four names right now. Again, I, I would imagine there's others. There's still guys entering the transfer portal, uh, but yeah, FSU was very aggressive, I would say, early on this week in going ahead and trying to meet with a bunch of defensive ends and maybe set up official visits this week. And we will see what happens with that. Uh, other portal stuff. What are we chasing? Who are we looking at? I guess what are some other like dots to connect here? And and you guys can go to Knowles 24-7 and see more, but let's talk about one or two other like dynamics that we're following here, Zach. Yeah, I think offensive line okay. uh, for say usually takes a few offensive linemen in the portal. That's been kind of a trend over the past few years with Alex Atkins, and I, I think they'll do the same this year. Um, I guess I'll give it to you. You know more about that situation for FSU than, than I do. Going into it, man, like I thought you maybe take one, like an interior offensive lineman of good value because you're going to lose Meech. 
You're going to lose Casey Roddick. Uh, you bring back Keandre Jones. So you have one in play there. You might be able to like ascend with Julian Armella if he returns or like a Jalen Early at guard potentially um, and play those guys. But that's what I thought was you wanted to maybe solidify guard uh, for next season. But like kind of doing some digging on it and just following like some trends. I mean, if they can get a good offensive tackle, and I think there's some like solid ones in there, not elite ones, but like guys who, who are pretty good. I think you go after them. There's a kid from North Dakota who I liked. Uh, a name that I will throw out there is Carter Smith from Indiana. He's a former blue chip recruit. I think he was a redshirt freshman this past season, played 797 snaps per PFF and had a 68.6 grade, which that's above average. That's replacement level in the Big Ten. He visited Virginia Tech already. I think he has a visit to Ole Miss next week. Uh, that's a name I would keep an eye on for Florida State. I, I think they would probably be interested in someone like that. And then if you can find a center, like I don't know if there's any great centers in the portal right now. No one's really stood out to me, Zach. But like I think if you can find someone who – can snap the football. Is it important to you? Like someone to push Marie Smith, someone to, you know, play center or guard. I think that would be important as well. So yeah, I think that's another position to definitely monitor with chasing. Um, I think linebacker, if a veteran that they like goes in there would be worthwhile. They feel really good about the young guys in that linebacker room. So it, it just depends on if you have someone that can, can create that bridge kind of like with quarterback to, to the future that you feel comfortable with. I don't think you take a guy just to take a guy though. Um, yeah, so that was a lot of information, 40 minutes on transfer portal talk. Let's take a quick commercial break. On the other side, we have recruiting, like high school recruiting stuff to get to. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, welcome back to On the Bench. Unless you're watching the video, um, you were just watching us stare awkwardly to the ether for like a second. Uh, we are going to transition to talking about prep recruiting. Uh, but before we do that, real quick, let's talk about departures from the transfer portal. Okay, like guys are, are leaving. And we talked about Patrick Payton potentially doing it. Still hasn't happened as we're recording this episode. Uh, but there are some names who are noteworthy, guys who are pretty solid contributors, co-starter type of guys. No one that I thought was like a, a death knell like to your outlook for 2024, but you know, Marcus and Douglas start off with him tight end who had over a hundred receiving yards this season was really like your third guy in the rotation. He'll leave. He'll probably go get a starting spot somewhere else. I don't think he ascended the way FSU really wanted him to 
throughout the year. Um, we'll miss Biscuit. There were some fun moments. What was your favorite Biscuit moment? I mean, it's got to be the fake offensive tackle touchdowns. I I would counter the butt catch was pretty good too. In that oh, game. yeah. Yeah. No, I know, that was Duke. That was Duke. He's but, made some fun plays. I mean, yeah. the, the play against Oklahoma and then Pittsburgh, those were two pretty clutch plays. And that that play design just always seemed to work for Florida State when they when they called it. And uh yeah, I mean as Alex Atkins said, you know, Biscuit looks a lot like Darius Washington, so it works. If only yeah, the broadcast think, caught it. Uh D- Kenny Dillingham's already offered him at Arizona State. I heard Maryland has been poking around on him. So yeah, I would expect him to garner some some level of P5 interest. Hey, let this sink in. He was like a thousandth ranked recruit out of high school. He played yeah. basketball, didn't play a ton of football. He was not able to play his first season at FSU. He had a, he had a medical issue where he wasn't able to practice at all. Look what he's developed into, like a guy that that power four schools kind of start saying power four and five are going after, like yeah. development scouting. It's where where the long term like people freaking out over the last few days and the Pat Payton stuff, like where FSU is going as a program, like you still have that infrastructure, is still what you are, you will be okay. Um, Preston Daniel, another guy like a, a walk on turned someone who was helped like by the end of his career was was solid and helped out a lot on special teams. Uh, CJ Campbell, uh, a, another walk on who became valuable to you, uh, very good on special teams. A hat tip to myself for helping scout and identify him. And I think told Kenny Dillingham about him one day. And then next day he was offered. So, wow. Yeah. Not to toot your own horn. Uh, not, not to do, I would never do such a thing, but really appreciated CJ for like who yeah. he was as a player and what he did. Uh, I think it's, own injuries. I think it's well. kind of a big loss for Florida State um, when it comes to player hosts, like for recruiting visits. CJ was one of the, their favorite guys to host. Yeah, he was. Yes, he was. And, and some of them helped out too, like on the field. That He might yeah. be the biggest loss to date, in my estimation. Yeah, I mean, to, if Pat Payton goes in the portal. He yeah. hasn't entered the portal yet, obviously. Thank you. Um, yeah, but yeah, I agree. Uh, I think his. Like he's just a great guy to have in the program. Didn't get a ton of burn at running back, but you saw the flashes there, so he'll get a chance somewhere. It was cool seeing the social media reaction too. Like Mike Norvell doesn't always like do the stamp of approval for everyone who leaves. And I mean, I think he liked Biscuit, and I think he liked Preston Daniel. Those weren't like bad blood type of deals, from what I can gather. But like, you know, CJ Campbell had a had a cool story and and self made and um, valuable in many ways to the program. So yeah, yeah so that's. Not heartbroken, but I wish we got to still cover CJ. You know, I enjoyed him and, and what he yeah. brought to the, the program uh, from that dynamic. Um, Quayshon Sapp entered the transfer portal, Daughtry Richardson. So some younger offensive linemen who just haven't materialized and looks like they probably won't. I think you got to start looking at like, all right, what's happening with some of the O-line development here? Do you have enough young players in position to step up? Like uh, that is going to be important as they start kind of filtering off the roster. That's a talking point. That's something to monitor there. Um, who else? Who else is Ayobami Tafasi? Uh, let's talk about him real quick because I know uh, message borders everywhere are heartbroken. Uh, we part, we were part of gassing up like, hey, this kid has a lot of physical tools, he still has a lot of physical tools. If someone can rein it in to where he's more disciplined as far as you know, his, his assignment on the field, like he's going to be a dominant defensive lineman, but. You know, Odell Hagens is a really good coach, and you know you kind of seen what he's done with a ton of the guys that he's produced. For him to not really materialize into anything other than a scout team player for FSU says a lot. In yeah, my I don't think that's and, FSU. I don't think. It's yeah, and FSU. and there's off field stuff there that is noteworthy as well. That I've, yeah, but nothing. Yeah, you know, and not he's, like red yeah, flag. Yeah, no, nothing like bad. It's just 
he's, there's, he's, he'll have to do some maturing wherever he goes yes. in order to become a rotational player. He's maybe. a very emotional, strong, passionate guy. So yeah. yes, uh, which you can, you can, that can be used to, uh, to, you know, you f- fuel your on-field play, but you also got to rate it in off the field, which I think was kind of an issue. Um, this smells really good. I just like to sniff my bourbon collection sometimes. I think Ayubami Tafazi will, it's funny, I thought about this like a, a couple months ago before he had entered the portal and just kind of seemed like the writing was on the wall. He's the type of guy who you recruit, who might be, be like the school that gets him on the second go round might be better off because you can yeah. now coach him extremely hard without. You can't threaten to enter the portal after that. Port, yeah, if he leaves, he's just, he's done. So like, yeah. you know, and so that might, whoever gets him might end up benefiting from that. And just, it is what it is. Uh, there've been some others, but we've been updating you guys uh, as much as possible as this has happened. I don't think any names have been shocking so far. Uh, if Pat Payton does enter, then that's something that we didn't have a pre-write ready to go. I've heard Kevin Knowles' name potentially could go in today. We'll see. He could always have a change of heart and, and not submit you know, stuff. I, I think he, he would be like he's not being shown the door from my understanding. I think it would just be like a scene. Is there a, a more stable role for him in a place where he's a better fit? Because he's, he's had some issues the last couple years and has moved positions and been a trooper. And if he does leave, I don't want people – celebrating a player leaving who's giving you his guts you know what i mean like so if that does happen like be appreciative this is a dude who's battled multiple injuries ropa vieja shoulder like stuff last year that needed surgery and was bothering him this year like he's he's worked hard so uh, anyways that's transfer portal updates now we get to the recruiting stuff and uh it's december 6th official visits begin on december 8th uh and a hell of a two weekends to kind of monitor here, Zach. Let's talk about this weekend. There might be a big, excuse me, a big prospect showing up. Uh, maybe you've heard of him. Name's Jeremiah Smith. That'll be a starting place. But before we do that, who is sponsoring uh, this segment of On the Bench? Football coach, college dynasty. The best college football management game on PC. It's available on Steam. You can create game plans, call plays, recruit players, develop your team, and compete for national championships. Can you compete for national championship if you go undefeated in that game? Yes, you actually can in that game. Wow, that sounds more realistic yeah. than what they the don't have a, they don't have, they don't have a playoff oh. council. Um, that, that, Yo, it like, turns out they were like the Jedi council, like the, but like the ones yeah, who turned. Yeah. I foreshadowed it. Um, conference realignment, school boosters, official visitor recruits, the transfer portal, and even NIL. Football coach, College Dynasty is available on Steam right now for $15. Count Dooku, not Dooku. Butchered it. Sorry, Star Wars fans who are listening. Do you want to talk about do you want to talk about Jeremiah Smith taking an official visit this weekend? Let's get into it. Yeah. Uh Jeremiah Smith is the number one prospect in the country, and he'll be taking his long-awaited official visit to Florida State after playing for a state title game in Tallahassee on Thursday, uh, on Thursday morning. He and his Shamanan Madonna squad will be in FAMU's uh, Bragg Memorial Stadium competing for, I think it's their fourth straight state championship in a row. I expect them to win. They've given up one touchdown in the playoffs so far, and that's it as far as points. Um, and it came in a 40-7 to win last week. They are extremely dominant, and he's a, obviously a large reason why. So he'll move right from that state championship game into an official visit to Florida State the following day. He'll stay on campus all weekend with FSU's coaching staff and seven other official visitors right now that are scheduled 
and will depart likely on Sunday from FSU's campus. So, yeah, this is FSU's last uh, on-campus, in-person, you know, experience with with Jeremiah. I expect them to go in home with him next week. Obviously, um, you know, don't have a specific date out there. I don't think Florida State really wants that out there as they look to kind of strategically place when they'll uh, go in home with him. But yeah, I mean, still feel pretty similar about FSU's chances with Jeremiah and pulling off the flip from Ohio State. Miami, I think, is probably the team I would worry about the most. Um, I mean, it's crazy to think. More than Ohio State or just as like the the other team? Yeah, as far as a flip candidate. Like, I think Ohio State's obviously still very much in it. But I think when comparing, like, you know, the rest of the, the flip, or the teams that are working to flip him like Like i don't think uf is a real factor anymore um i would expect miami to be that that other team that fsu works against here miami offered his high school quarterback now jeremiah did have some interesting words i forgot if it was on our network or elsewhere it was on i think with the uh like local newspaper okay but basically like them maybe yeah Yeah. we'll we'll see my uh, listen miami's I know we like to poke fun of them here. I love to do it probably as much as anyone. There are plenty of things to make fun of that staff can recruit. They yeah. are well-funded. It is, they, they will be a thorn in your side in recruiting and vice versa. You're a thorn in theirs. So like, that's, that's cool. These both programs are recruiting at a really high level, just two different ways to skin a cat and how you go about it. Um, and they are both going after Jeremiah Smith right now. And that gives me a little level of anxiety. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's going to be interesting how Florida State kind of maneuvers this last part of this recruitment. Um, they'll obviously get that OB. I talked to Jeremiah Smith's dad earlier this week, and he let me know that they might actually get back to Miami for an unofficial visit at some point over the next week. So that's an important data point. Yeah. I think the, the <laughs> most that'd be yeah, the most noteworthy thing to me about just this recruitment is he hasn't been back at Ohio State since I think October which is, you know, obviously you're considering that he's going to sign with the school on December 20th. Yeah. He's months removed from being on that campus. Yeah, that doesn't, December 6th right now. Yeah, it doesn't mean that he can't, uh, he can't, you know, meet with Ohio State coaches and stuff. Like, they're going to go in-home with him. I think Brian Hartline was at his game last Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I expect them to go, you know, in-home with, with head coach Ryan Day at some point over the next week. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a battle. This is the number one player in the country. Still feel like Florida State has kind of the inside track here, but we'll see how this unfolds. I think there's a level of unpredictability with the dynamics of this recruitment. So, I'll be one to, to monitor very, very closely because it's a really important player for you. Uh, I'm going to go down the list of some of the other guys who we have currently uh, confirmed as official visits. Uh, and we'll go from from there, Zach, kind of stop and talk about anyone that you want to. But Luane McCoy from Miami Central, obviously yeah. a guy that FSU got um, back in the spring, been committed for a while. I know there was some buzz for a bit, but he seems pretty well locked in at this point. Yeah, I put a note on him on the Nostal 247 message board this week that FSU, Ron, or FSU receivers coach Ron Dugans met with him on Monday night. And after that conversation, not – I'd kind of been hinting that, like, you know, I didn't think Lowen's commitment over the course of his recruitment has been super solid to FSU. He hasn't been one of those commits that's just, that's just outwardly positive about Florida State. He's always kind of kept his recruitment open. 
but after that conversation and, and speaking to sources familiar with it, like I do think FSU has a really good shot to to sign him on December 20th. I know Louisville's tried to push for him, but I don't anticipate him giving them much of a chance. So yeah, right now I feel fairly solid that that he's gonna sign with FSU on the 20th. Uh, moving down the list, Jaden Parrish, high-end three-star linebacker from Atlantic Delray Beach. Uh, again, another pretty long-time commitment for the last six, seven months or so. Feeling good about that? Yeah, no no worries there. Uh, Jamori Flagg from Booker T. Washington down in Miami. Good. So, yeah. Tamir Hickman-Collins, good. Jaden Todd, offensive tackle, good. Jake Weinberg, a kicker from down in South Florida, good. The, yep. the, I guess the most interesting name, Zach, is Denas White, the uncommitted defensive tackle prospect from Concord, North Carolina. Guy we mentioned a lot on this show. Uh, he's been a priority for the Met defensive tackle, but just like this defensive tackle board's never been a full go like anyone on it. It's been lukewarm, tepid, I would fair to say, uh, with multiple guys. And Denaz White's always been a name that seemed to be the highest for them. Do we think he pops this week? Like what, what are we projecting for this weekend? Yeah, if he makes it in, which I expect him to to make it in for the OV, I think Florida State is likely to have him end up in the class. Um, I was always kind of just waiting to see if any other t- school would jump in the mix as far as like trying to get him on campus. As of right now, I, I think FSU is the only planned OV. I know Miami is kind of working to get in the mix in that recruitment. I don't know if they have, if they're trying to get him on campus for like the final weekend. But yeah, if he makes it to FSU's campus this weekend, I, I would feel pretty good that he ends up in FSU's class. That's it for planned official visitors. If there's any surprises, we'll uh, we'll let you know if there is a surprise. I'm not saying there will be a surprise because that, that's not what I'm saying. I, I've you said it. No, I didn't. But you know, if anyone does show up, we will uh, work very diligently to confirm it, whether by seeing them arrive or trying to work sourcing. But no guarantees. Uh, we will see. It's just it's. It's funny season, and you never know. I do think there's a pretty good chance we'll see some official visitors starting this weekend from the transfer portal rink, I should say. Um, we don't know who yet, but I will say this. For transfer recruiting, getting the first OV is important. It's kind of the opposite with high school stuff. Like Zach's talking about you know, timing with Jeremiah Smith and how you want to time that up. We'll talk about some guys for next weekend uh, coming up here as well for OVs and having the last one. Like It is important. Um, transfer stuff, This it moves at a much different speed, getting a good early impression and potentially having the chance to, to shut things down like matters. So yeah. I think it'd be very telling to see who shows up for the first OV and, and if, you know, they're, they're able to kind of finalize things uh, during it. Um, last talking point, Twitter, Instagram, social media stuff, a buzz yesterday uh, with the notion that KJ Bolden stripped some some aspects of his FSU uh, fanaticism out of his his social accounts. What's real with that, Zach? What isn't? And uh, and why is there maybe stuff worth monitoring? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to, like, go into that part. I mean, I don't know. People are saying that he unfollowed FSU and Coach Norvell on Instagram. Not a huge – I mean, I'm not – yeah. It did seem to know. irk Dad on Twitter, which is why I bring it up. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think FSU fans were freaking out about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the more important thing to talk about is that he visited Auburn on Monday. Um, well, there's a reason why they were freaking out, I guess. Yeah, they, he visited Auburn on Monday. Um, and and this is something that I, I had kind of been hearing last week about the possibility of him visiting Auburn sometime over the weekend or 
in the near future. He does. Um, and, you know, that obviously got people going crazy. He's FSU's top-ranked commit in their class right now. FSU met with him last night. Adam Fuller, Alex Atkins, and Pat Sertan met with him, his mother, and his father for a like dinner in home visit kind of thing. And uh, that dinner was that looked pretty cool. I saw a pretty nice like whiskey bar in the background. Yep. Fancy. Good on I you. I thought I saw you in the background, like kind of snooping in. Um, but yeah, the yeah, like Florida State has it, you know, they're maintaining great communication with KJ and his camp. Um, Auburn and Georgia are going to make their last minute push. I expect both of them to conduct in-home visits with him over the next few days. I think Auburn is today and Georgia is tomorrow from what I'm hearing for their in-homes. The most important data point in this recruitment is that Florida State, like we talked about over the summer, was the only finalist that not did not host him for an OV. They will get the plan is for him to take an OV to FSU from December 15th through the 17th, which is the last possible days that you can visit somewhere um before signing day three days later uh on the you know after that sunday things go dead you can't go on any visits and then you have to sign on that one or most guys will sign that wednesday which is the plan for kj bolden you know i i anticipate this recruitment getting a little crazy down the stretch he's an insanely talented player auburn's you know working at an nil angle um we we know that NIL is a big factor in this recruitment, but I but I do think FSU has built some really strong relationships here. Um, KJ, I think, wants to be at Florida State. He's a big fan. He's you know talked about how big of a fan he is. You know this this, this whole season, and you know a lot of people are going to throw the the college football playoff snub you know in, into the mix here as as a negative recruiting tool as we expected. But from what I've been told, like I I think it. KJ is viewed it as even more motivation to come to Florida State um, because he feels like if he's there, like they're, they're going to leave no doubt that they're going to get to the national championship um, multiple times while he's there. That's kind of the messaging that I've heard. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, Kirby Smart was never going to go away. Hugh Freeze is a really good recruiter and has pulled off some massive uh, recruiting wins this cycle. And they're going to try to uh, try their best to change KJ Bolden's mind over the next two weeks. Um, I feel pretty confident that FSU is going to be able to hold on just because they had that last official visit. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll kind of see um, how the how the uh, next little stretch unfolds. Um, okay, I think that's everything we have, man. Um, it's, it's going to be a fun few weeks. It's going to be exhausting. It's going to be highs and lows and I think the best way to look at it is you just hope you win more than you lose down the stretch. You're in a really good spot. Uh, being able to have more additions and subtractions from the current class or what you bring in for flips or, or whatever, like you just want a net win at this point. Like you're currently third in the in the uh, class rankings. You're in a good spot with the transfer portal. I think you're like pretty primed to have a really good transfer portal class based on what you have and the interest of that you've received so far. So yeah, we will see. It'll be fun. It'll be exhausting. Knowles 24-7 and us here on On the Bench will have you covered throughout the entire process. So thank you everyone for listening, for watching. Thank you to all our sponsors. Uh, we'll talk to you guys maybe later this week, maybe not.
It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.